Welcome to the first annual Brothers in Song holiday extravaganza. Season's greetings, Joe. How are you feeling today? Very festive, Dan. How are you? Festive. That's that's good. That's good. <laughs> I like to hear it. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. My Christmas shopping is off to a good start. Mm -hmm. um, I think I have some of your kids on my list. There's a just percentage wise, I think it's there's a good chance of that. It's pretty hard to avoid them in our annual sort of uh, divvying up of the cousins. It's uh, four out of 10, so that's 40%. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do the math, but uh, you have at least one, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe a listener can can do the, um, you know, can do the odds on that. The probability yeah. analysis, sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I got a plan I'm sticking to for my shopping, so I, I feel pretty good about that. And uh, yeah, and I'm looking forward to a, to a Christmas, good Christmas break. And uh, speaking of shopping, did you know that a Brothers in Song t-shirt or mug makes the perfect gift for that special someone? Oh, please tell me more. If you want a can't miss gift for friends, family, and coworkers, check out the link in the show notes. Excellent. <laughs> also, uh, before we get too far into this, we do have actually a special free gift for all of our listeners as a thank you for supporting the show and listening every week. Uh, in the show notes, we will have a link to a Spotify playlist that contains uh, all of our favorite Christmas songs that we'll be discussing today. And uh, it's kind of an eclectic mix. So uh, we hope it'll give you some variety and uh, enhance the holiday mood as you, uh, you know, decide to make cookies or decorate the tree or, or whatever it is you do. I don't know about you, but Dan, but sometimes I get in my Christmas listening mode and I just play the favorites and they're great. But sometimes you need something, to, you know, a little spice, you know, mm -hmm. when you're when you're having your your spicy gingerbread cookie, you need a little spice on your uh your speaker at home. Yeah. You need some new new Christmas music because there's so much of it as we discovered as we were prepping for this episode. Yeah. It was astonishing how much we found, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, without um, without further delay, uh, let's, let's talk about some Christmas music. Um, it's something that I've found people have some pretty strong opinions uh, and we're definitely no exception. So for our show here, what we're going to do is we're going to give you our naughty list mm -hmm. and our nice list. Mm -hmm. um, and there's nothing logical about this, is there, Joe? <laughs> well, is there anything logical about <laughs> much of the things that we present out into the world? <laughs> well, I just mean that, you know, we're not going to try and, like, make a case for a particular song by, like, analyzing the har you know the harmonic qualities of what's going sure, on sure. you know yeah it's purely emotional purely emotional stuff that we really enjoy or really don't enjoy you know and we're smashing the skip buttons on our naughty list and uh for the for our nice list those are just songs that we have you know for me at least i don't, I don't want to speak for you but songs that i listen to every year without fail mm -hmm. um but before we get into this because it, you are right to describe it as eclectic, which is which I, I think is a positive thing. Um, but I noticed we hardly have any Christmas carols, which I think is fine for the for this for this uh, particular project that we're working on. But I'm I'm just curious, you know, in the days of old when we go to midnight mass or or any kind of Christmas Eve celebration, what Christmas carols were you super excited about when you flipped through the hymnal and saw, oh, <laughs> oh boy, here comes O Come All Ye Faithful, <laughs> as an example. So, so tell me, what are some Christmas carols that you you really, you know, if you had the Wassailers coming to your door, you'd be like, <laughs> hell yeah, sing that. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, um, geez, I'm, I never really thought of that before because I'm not quite certain on how to define what a Christmas carol is. I think it, like, you know it if you hear it, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the both of us were a part of uh, Madrigal Singers in, in high school. Absolutely. Um, you know, where you kind of dress up in Renaissance garb mm -hmm. and you have a feast during the holiday season. And we sing uh, not only, you know, Renaissance music, but Christmas carols. For um, sure. For sure. I know. I like, um, I like the first Noel. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. I mean, 
being not a religious person, I haven't been to church in quite some time, but uh, I would belt that out if I was in church. Well, what's fun about that one is that harmonically, I mean, it's it's oh, all... see, you just said harmonically. It's we all open fits. <laughs> so, like, you can you know you can sing three or four verses. It's like, all right, are we going to take the high note on this verse? Are we going to save it for the end? Which one are we going to do? Um, there's a lot of little variations to it, which I, which I always find uh, fun. Um, any others that kind of stick out to you? Oh, geez. Um, yeah, the first Noel really stands out to me. Uh, I remember, like, pretty much no matter what church we were at, uh, Joy to the World was one mm-hmm. that they always ended the Mass oh, with. Yeah. Oh, um yeah catholic mass uh for whatever reason but um again that's another fun one to just like belt out yeah for sure um so for me uh i mentioned it but i, I have a little bit of a caveat oh come all you faithful but you gotta you gotta do at least one verse in latin that's like a requirement okay <laughs> okay and then the second one which may not be so conventional in american christianity but is very uh, much part of the uh, Anglican tradition is in the bleak midwinter. Um, oh, okay. That is uh, one of my favorites and um, had the opportunity to sing it um, a number of times and, and it's uh, it's just beautiful. So if you don't know that one, that that's that's one that maybe uh, is worth taking, search, find, seeking it out and taking a listen to it. Nice. Um, all right. So uh, continuing on here, uh, I think first we're gonna we're gonna channel our inner, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge, and uh, <laughs> uh, say you know, bah humbug to a few to a few songs that we'd like to avoid this Christmas season. And and look, folks, this is all meant in the spirit of fun. Mm. You know, if we mention your favorite song on our naughty list, just you know, rest assured that you know something that we like is you know, is going to be something you don't like or something somebody else doesn't like. Um, and, you know, it's just fun to, I think it's fun to argue about this stuff as long as you don't <laughs> take it too seriously, right? <laughs> well, exactly. Like exactly. you don't want to have too much eggnog and get into a fight. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, yes. That's good advice for life. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. In all circumstances <laughs> that applies. Um, so uh, Joe, why don't you give us one of your naughty picks first? Oh, okay. So let let us get us kicked off with one. I remember playing, and I'm sorry to bring up this trope again, driving home from a Christmas party uh, in our parents' minivan. This song would inevitably come up probably like, you know, it's the year is probably like uh, 1990, 1991. The time is about 8.30 and it's (laughs) really setting the scene, you know, Christmas Eve. Uh, Grandma got run over by a reindeer hard pass for me like like just annoying why would you ever write a song about that uh our grandmother was like this wonderful pillar of joy and love in our life and like why why would you do that grandma's grandmothers are the best thing in the world why would you write a song about this (laughs) yeah i don't know man it's just kind of like uh it's just like novelty crap yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we're going to talk about that a little more when we get to my picks for sure. Um, I have a question about this song. Uh, and if anyone knows any further details, you know, so that I don't have to sprain my fingers Googling it. Yeah. Who the hell are Elmo and Patsy? Who did this song? I don't know. I think we're all Patsy's for having to listen to it for however long. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, all right. So no to that one. Yeah, uh, so uh, your turn, my friend. All right, so for my first one, we're actually going to kind of do a two for one. Okay. And again, it's about like just kind of being a, a dumb novelty song that has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think novelty songs in general kind of bug me, um, even in popular music that's not for Christmas. Uh, so I'm going with uh, Dominic the Donkey. Chicken to ching. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Uh, those are performed by Lou Monte and Gayla Peavy, respectively. 
Um, but yeah, it's just novelty crap. It's like really grating, really annoying. Yeah, so when I hear Dominic the donkey, I, I kind of wish he would meet the same fate that Joe Pesci's brother Dominic meets in Casino. You, you've, <laughs> you've, you've seen Casino, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course, of yeah. course. So, so by that, I mean, I would like him to be beaten with a baseball bat and left for dead in a cornfield. Oh, bada bing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. So, uh, well, uh, uh, enough said with that one. Uh, what's your next one on, on the naughty list? So for me, I think my next two, they're kind of, it's really the same complaint and two different settings. So I'll, I'll lump them together. Um, Holly Jolly Christmas by Burt Ives. And it's the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams. And I know I might catch some heat for that last one, but you know what? I don't really care. Uh, I used to work with this guy and he was super smart and he used this word so perfectly when we were talking about something once and, and I'm going to borrow it from him. And it's just saccharine. Like those two songs just make my teeth hurt just listening to them. And we've all heard them a million times and they don't really stir any emotional response for me. So I can usually just uh, skip right over those. Uh, they're both great artists in their own right. It's just too bad that, you know, this application is maybe not their best work and probably some of their best known work. Uh, but, you know, keep getting that paper, keep getting paid, <laughs> have your errors, keep getting paid. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not, not. Not my cup of tea. All right. All right. Fair enough. I mean, those are two songs that I have absolutely no opinion about whatsoever. <laughs> uh, it's just interesting how they like, how different songs hit different people. But like, I find them both just pretty much innocuous. I don't love them. I don't hate them. Mm -hmm. If you didn't want to play them, I'm not going to ask you. All you right. Know. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I would just kind of let them play and kind of half ignore them really. Right, right. Um so uh what what do you got next for us on right. uh on the naughty list? All right. So let's see. So next on my naughty list is uh Mary Did You Know? Mhm. Mm uh and actually actually the next two that I'm going to talk about are kind of connected in that they are biblically related you know, they're, they're ostensibly Christian songs, mm -hmm. but they're not traditional Christian songs, um, or hymns, if you will. Um, so we've got first, Mary, Did You Know by Kenny Rogers and, uh, Winona Judd, I guess. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I'm not a real religious person, but I did go to catechism mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure Mary knew. Yeah. Like, because the angel Gabriel came down and told her. Yeah. Like, she doesn't yeah. need Kenny Rogers to mansplain this situation to her <laughs> for four minutes, right? We have a whole day about it. It's called the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, right? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Mary knew. Uh, and uh, just just leave it at that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, and also, I would say... Any version of the Little Drummer Boy, because it's basically biblical fan fiction. Right. right. Like I don't, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a biblical scholar, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure that there was like no Drummer Boy. Yeah. Coming to see Baby Jesus and play his drum. Mm -hmm. uh, Mary probably doesn't want you to play the freaking drum because she wants the baby to sleep. She finally got him down in the bed of hay. And then this <laughs> dumbass comes in, starts banging a drum. Right, that's what I'm saying. Um, and also, like, I find the onomatopoeia of the ba rum pa bum bum. Like, I just find the repetition of that to be really annoying. And it's that's grating on its own, but it's particularly grating when people are not are singing it, but they're not like trying to imitate a drum. So you've got like Celine Dion or somebody, you know. Just really feeling it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, God. Like, just stop. Yeah, don't, cool. don't need to lean into that. Save, save the vulture uh, yeah, for yeah. some other stuff. Yeah, cool your jets. Um, 
so uh yeah so those two really you know uh, with the, with the possible exception of one version of the little drummer boy mm-hmm. which we talked about before this which is the bing crosby and and uh david bowie version which i will give a pass yes yes i mean that that's a that's the i would um i don't think i'm going out on a limb saying that is the best version of that song and yes it's it's because of the two people that are doing it and it's kind of a mashup and, and it's just cool uh it was cool and they did it it's still cool now um right they're just awesome yeah i mean they just like nail the harmonies they knock it out because they're both just such good musicians and um you gotta respect that. So I will I will concede that that version is okay. But other than that... Other than that, we don't want to hear any no. more drum. I don't want to see... I definitely don't want to hear, like, Bob Seger's version. No, any of that. Um, Please tell me you did not get my kids drums for Christmas. Because that's <laughs> going to be a problem. No, no, no. I have a... No, no, no. Joe, I love you. I wouldn't do that to you. We, we can, uh, I think, uh, put, a, put a wrap on, on the naughty list. Um, although... As you were telling me before, mm-hmm. your kids love I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. I know, that that was a contender for your naughty list. And I said, well, maybe you're not the audience for that song, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I hate that song, but, you know, if the nieces and nephews are listening to it and... Um, not bothering you. Not bothering me. Staying out of trouble. Yeah. Then, then, then fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's the naughty list, and you know we don't want to we don't want to be negative this holiday season. No, let's get to the good just, stuff, man. Yeah, we just had to vent a little bit, and now we're gonna get to the good stuff. Excellent, right. excellent. Uh, so you know, do, do you want to go first, or would you like me to go first? Well, I think let's. You know, we talked a little bit about this in our in our last episode about you know a remix or a cover and thinking about you know if you're going to do a piece of music that people have heard a hundred times, like what do you bring new to it? And I feel like both of us in our selections were, had, had a, had a keen eye towards that quality in which these artists are singing many of them songs that we've all heard many different renditions of them, but for whatever reason, these versions of them stuck out to us. Some it's because it was the, probably the, most popular one some because it's just the most interesting one but um but it's funny because you know in, in prepping and picking our favorites you go th- into spotify or apple music or wherever and you see how much christmas music there is and it's oh, yeah. bananas dude oh yeah <laughs> and i don't know if it's just like everybody at cer- a certain point in their career if they have a following you're like let's do a christmas album let's get some let's get paid for that Sure. Um, it'll probably be fun for the artist. It won't take them very much time to put it together. No. And um, wham, bam, thank you very much. And uh, there you have it. And, you know, in, in that exercise, there's definitely some where it's just like, yeah, it's not very inspiring. It's not very interesting. Um, but I don't know. I think we found some good ones. Um, and if you'll allow me to get started, because I feel like this started damn near every christmas of our entire lives <laughs> yep uh, we go. the christmas song by nat king cole uh yeah. just phenomenal and we you know you can go back and listen to our nat king cole episode uh that we did you know pretty early on in the run of this podcast and he's just a master and that whole album is fantastic i love it all i don't please come at me um because that is something i might after a few too many, <laughs> get an argument about something. Yeah, um, yeah. But that one is just their arrangement is gorgeous. It has all the different instrumental elements, and then when his voice comes in, it just it, it leaves the space for it all. You know, all the instrumentation is kind of in the pauses in between the vocal line, and um, it's just gorgeous. And you know, whenever that one comes on, I'm like, oh yeah, it's Christmas time uh, for sure. Here in Connecticut, we got a little snow today. So, like, we're going to have to throw that thing on pretty yeah, soon, you know? Definitely. Yeah, and as you know, Joe, I am not a traditional person in mm-hmm. many ways, but for Christmas music, I definitely enjoy, you know, a traditional song delivered in a straightforward way without a lot of embellishment and, 
you know, now King Cole's the perfect guy to do that because it's just smooth, smooth, smooth. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, and it's just, it's just really pleasant. Like, and that's what I want. Yeah. Um, yeah so, absolutely. yeah. So that, so that's a great one. And it's one of my favorites too. Um, so what do you got for your, uh, for your nice list? Who, who, who's on there? Cause, cause there are definitely some stuff here that didn't throw me for a loop. It was definitely stuff I was not familiar with. So as always, thank you for bringing <laughs> yeah, that sure. to the Well, you know, I figured you were going to go the traditional route. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to pick a few that were, uh, you know, maybe a little bit less well-known. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is uh, The Friendly Beasts by Sufjan Stevens. Mm -hmm. um, and he's an indie artist who, you know, his, his heyday was probably like the early 2000s. And um, he, he has done um, quite a lot of Christmas music, actually. And it's just like really whimsical and sweet. And um, I love this song and I figured you would like it, Joe, with the instrumentation with like the banjo and yeah, the oboe. Yeah. And um, uh, each verse is sung in first person by one of the animals in the, you know, uh, who are surrounding uh, the baby Jesus and mm -hmm. talks about like each of the gifts that they bring um, to, you know, to comfort the baby. And I really, you know, like the message of that. Um, you know, and all of his uh, Christmas songs, like the arrangements are really interesting and quirky. So I recommend listening to that whole thing. But like the Friendly Beasts is a really like whimsical, sweet song that I like a lot. Yeah, that was the whimsy was definitely something I noticed in listening to it. And it did. I, I was not familiar with this artist and, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it very much um, and, and was glad that you brought it to my attention. And it was hard to play, like, I had to look it up because I was like, is this guy, like, a throwback? Is he more contemporary? I couldn't quite place it because um, it did have, like, some of that, like, a little bit of, like, a hippie vibe to it, for lack of a better phrase. Um, but sweetness is definitely the right um, the right adjective for this. And um, it, it, it's lovely. It's just a lovely song, and it, and it puts you in a good mood. And... Um, I liked it. I, I think it, it deserves to be put in a rotation somewhere for sure. Cool. All right, Joe, what's your next one? All right. So, um, you know, you were correct in your assumption that I was going to be a little bit more traditional. So, uh, you know, let's lump these two together because I think they're all time classic, like all time classics and they've been used in film, you know, as many, Christmas songs as, as there are. There's probably like half as many Christmas movies, but these two songs are definitely uh, part of a lot of those soundtracks. And uh, White Christmas, mm -hmm. Bing Crosby, an yeah. artist we talked about uh, just a moment ago with his uh, drummer boy uh, duet with David Bowie. Uh, I love that movie. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that's not quite right about it, you know, considering it's made in the 1950s, but uh, just a perfect example of his silky smooth voice. And, um, you know, I don't know. It, it's, you, we've all heard it a million times and you're never mad when it comes on during the <laughs> holiday season, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's just, um, you know, Bing Crosby just has like this, this great warm baritone and like to think of like how times have changed with just, uh just style i guess um but to have a pop singer with that type of voice is just um like you just don't see it anymore so it definitely feels of a different time when when you hear it and yeah. uh yeah, yeah he, and I, he, I like it, I he, like it he, he's a real true bass baritone yeah. um and i don't even know what that would sound like as like a contemporary <laughs> thing right like, for a guy with a lower voice to be singing any kind of pop music. Who, who knows what that would be? Hopefully somebody is going to do it at some point. Um, but, you know, the warm quality, and we've talked about this before, like the vocal technique, regardless of the style, is, you know, it's 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 really great. Uh, it's all those pure vowels, and you can hear them round everything out. 
a little bit like Matt and Cole. Um, and it's just a joy to listen to. For sure. Wonderful. Uh, so what do you got next on your list? Well, you said you were lumping two together, Joe. Yeah, I mean, th- this one, similar. Uh, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Judy Garland. Julie Garland. American treasure, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just phenomenal. Um, you know, that's somebody we haven't talked about on this show before, but I think we both hi- hold her in very high regard. Yes. Just an amazing talent. And, you know, a lot of circumstances that were, you know, happened to her and you know you wonder what that career could have been you know beyond just some of her earlier stuff um but you know this was pretty early on her career when she sang this you know and meet me in st louis and it's just you know it's just again just puts you right in the christmas mood um she has this her voice is forward but so easy and pleasant to listen to um and you know, some of the best singers, it's really just a energized version of their speaking voice. And it's not like modified or manipulated because they're singing. And I feel like Judy Garland is one of the best examples of that. Um, and this song in particular is just, it's, it's a little bit heart wrenching, you know, in, in its own way, um, even though it, it puts you in the Christmas spirit. Um, but it's just one, I'm always happy when it's, uh, when it's put on during the Christmas time. Yeah. And I mean, much like, you know, somewhere over the rainbow, which Judy did first, like this song is Judy Garland's song and nobody else is going to do it better. And like, like you said, it is, it is sort of melancholy and I tend to not like versions that are more, upbeat and up tempo because that's not really the spirit of the song mm-hmm. um but yeah but if you've heard this song you know if you've heard have yourself a merry little christmas a million times but you're not super familiar with the judy garland version like that's the version you got to listen to yeah, yeah, yeah i think yes 100 okay so um i'm gonna t- i'm gonna take another turn at this here um and then give us another uh curveball um and I'm going to go with uh, Father Christmas by the Kinks, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, we go from kind of like heart-wrenching, melancholy, sincere to kind of like, you know, snarky uh, <laughs> punk yeah, rock yeah, yeah. Uh, and really like kind of cynical. Um, but I think you kind of got to throw that in there to keep your keep your balance. I mean, it's a you know, like, it's a cynical, like, basically, like, anti-capitalist song, like, it talks about, like, being the poor kid in the neighborhood who, you know, doesn't get the presents from, right, from right, Santa, right, right, right. Um, and, uh, you know, and it is kind of, like, a silly, a silly punk song that kind of, like, borders on that novelty thing, mm-hmm. but then he's, but then they say stuff like, Oh, for Christmas, I want you to get my dad a job. Yeah, right, <laughs> you know, right, so, right, right. um, so that's why you know, so that's why I kind of put that on there just to like balance things out a little bit. Yeah, give us a no, little bit of perspective. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, this is another one that was new to me, but I, I, I really thought it was it's very clever and and fun, and you know, just like with a lot of punk music, it has so much energy, which is, you know, I can think of putting this on at a Christmas party and people are going to be like, what is this? But then they're kind of into it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, because th- that's, and I don't think we came into this project with that objective, but like when you're crafting a, a playlist, right? You want to have it, you want it to have ebbs and flows. So sure. you have some high points some low points some like quieter moments, some really loud raucous moments. And, you know, I don't think there's really a ton of Christmas music that has this kind of a sentiment, but also like this feeling to it. Right. Which is, which is pretty cool. Um, And, you know, I didn't know a lot about the Kings before this, and maybe that's something we should talk about more later, you know, in, in the next season of this show. But, um, but I I thought it was kind of cool and and fun and really put a, a different spin on what people think Christmas music can and should be you know right yeah i definitely agree all right joe what's up next 
so for me, let's let's do something a little bit more contemporary. And uh, this actually is by a group that I admire, think they're great. And they did a lot of, uh, they, they've done at least two full Christmas albums, uh, an acapella group called the Pentatonics. And this song that I chose is actually an original song. So it's not a cover of, you know, traditional Christmas music, Christmas carols, etc. And it's That's Christmas to Me. And that's an original song that they wrote. And, um, you know, they're an acapella group. They're really good at singing, you know, without accompaniment. They It's five vocalists. Um, they all fit really well together. The voices, you know, fit really well together. And, you know of all the Christmas music that they've created, which, you know, that's definitely a niche that they've found. Uh, I really appreciate this is an original song uh, that they wrote and has all the sentiments of traditional Christmas music, music, but obviously has their own spin on it as well. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, you know, who doesn't like a great acapella arrangement? <laughs> yeah, right. right? It, like, it just... Uh, it just feels so, you know, so warm and, uh, you know, it's, and it just feels, it just feels good. Like, I don't know what else to, <laughs> to say about it. Like, it just feels really warm and really good. And like the harmonies sound great. Um, and I, I mean, I just would have no complaints, uh, about that. And I would and I would definitely listen to the whole Christmas album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was that. That was one that was newish to me, um, but definitely something that's gotten into the rotation in the in the recent in, in the last few years. Uh, so, Dan, what do you got for us next? Uh, so next, I'm going with a little bit of nostalgia mm-hmm. and talk about "Christmas Time Is Here" by the Vince uh, Garaldi Trio, mm-hmm. um, and that's a song that's uh, a part of the, you know, the classic Charlie Brown Christmas special. Yeah, absolutely. So it definitely has nostalgic feelings for me. I definitely remember anticipating watching that every year on like network television on like CBS or whatever. Um, And um, it's just got like such a cool, relaxed vibe. And it's all about like that brush on the snare mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is like evocative of snow somehow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just really cool jazz trio. You got the kids singing somewhat sloppily, but like that adds to kind of like the... In an endearing way. Right. right yeah. yeah. It, it adds to like the warmth and like the relatability of the whole piece. And it's just like totally unpretentious and beautiful. I, I, I just, I just really like it. You know, and I think it completely holds up out of context, like oh my not gosh. not with the show. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. That that's one that you know. I don't know what came first, like the chicken or the egg. Like, <laughs> yeah, did they? I mean, I didn't do enough research, to, and we can find out. But I don't know if they wrote it for the Christmas special or if it was just something that that they had prepared and then they put it in there. I have a feeling the first one is probably more accurate. Um, but, um, you know, it fits so well into that, you know, that endearing piece of Charlie Brown's Christmas, but I've heard it many times outside of that context and you think of Charlie Brown, but you still love it. You know, it's just, it's just great music. It's relaxed, as you said, and just like, just like snuggling up to a warm fire, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. All right. So what's on tap now, Joe? What do you got for us? Well, damn, we could not do this whole entire exercise and not have a classical piece in here, right? Yeah, I knew that. I mean, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, you knew that. Of course, I knew that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, I think this is like probably the only traditional car- Christmas carol that we call that. So, uh, one of my favorites, and I should have mentioned this at the top, but I'm saving it for now, is "O Holy Night." Uh, it's just, it's just a phenomenal tune song. And the rendition that I really love is uh, Luciano Pavarotti. Um, it's, I mean, there's probably several versions. I don't know which one you listen to, Dan, but um, just 
beautiful singing. Uh, it's always fun to hear him sing in English. <laughs> Christ! <laughs> um, and have his accent poke through, uh, which is just endearing. And, um, you know, the beautiful high notes and, and then the payoff at the end is just phenomenal. Like, okay, so we talked about the first Noel. Beautiful little carol. It's in the key of G. I think the high note is a D above middle C or, you know, an octave above that for women. Not super strenuous, right? No, no, no. This bad boy goes up to a G above the staff. And then if you, in most iterations, I think it's like a B flat if you interpolate up to the high note. Uh, so that's in the, excuse my language, that's in the not fucking around territory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, depending on what key you're in, you you know, you are stretching your range because it has a wide range of, uh, you know, from the beginning of the song to the end of the song. So all that being said, you know, you need a real singer to do this. And I think when people get in trouble is that they kind of underestimate how vocally taxing it is going to be, especially if you do two verses and especially if you don't do it super fast. Um, I think the tempo of the recording I listened to of this is, is perfect. I mean, maybe you can do some, a little bit of an accelerando, uh, when you get to, uh, sort of the bridge section of it, but, uh, you know, just, just magical. And if, if, uh, if you hear this in a cathedral you and they have a good singer, you're not going to be disappointed. Wow, Joe, that sounded like a lot of analysis. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. No, but like, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because one thing I was definitely thinking of is the problem with many renditions of this song is that people pick a key that's too high because they want to show off or they underestimate, like mm -hmm. you said. And, uh, you know, with uh, Pavarotti, that problem just doesn't exist. No. Um and yet, he still shows incredible restraint, like given how capable he is. And that's because all good classical singers serve the song. Yeah. And they, you know, in pop music, maybe the, the you know, the performer is the boss mm -hmm. or the producer is the boss. In classical music, the, the composer is the boss. Absolutely. So you you have to serve the song the way it was the way it was written and we all know how capable and powerful Pavarotti's voice is mm -hmm. and he leaves a little bit on the table and I think that's great and it's just a beautiful version of this song yeah yeah it's uh it's uh you know I I, I love how you said that because you know the restraint is just like yeah, I can, I could hammer this, but I'm not going to do that. I don't need to do that. <laughs> and it's... No, uh, he just needs to open his mouth, basically, because yeah, yeah, that's how good he is. And uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, so wh what do you got for us next? All right. So my next one's going to be pretty brief. Um, and it's actually a song that I believe uh, Bing Crosby did first because... I believe it's in White Christmas, and that's I'll Be Home for Christmas, mm -hmm. which is a song in general I, I really like. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I like how that sentiment can be applied to, like, many different situations of people being separated during the holidays. Mm -hmm. You know, and in that movie, it was, you know, soldiers being separated from their families during right, World right. War II and all of that. Um, but the version I picked is uh, Leslie Odom Jr.'s version. Uh and uh, as you may recall, he played uh, Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just picked it because I really like that song and I really like his voice and we put it together and it's awesome. Yeah. Basically, that's that's <laughs> it. That's just it. Yeah. Um, and I think that there are points in Hamilton where you get to hear like what a good singer he is. But like on his solo stuff and on the Christmas album, you just get to hear how smooth he is. So I... So that's it. I just yeah, like it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I totally agree with you on that. Um, yeah, uh, I was most familiar with him from Hamilton. His role does not, you know, he did he does a great job in it. You know, you can hear the recordings, uh, but it's not like a showcase piece for him. Um, th this rendition was great. And, you know, 
I I knew of him. I didn't know he had two Christmas albums, but apparently he does. I only knew he had one <laughs> up until a moment ago. So I think I think, and I and I hope I'm not wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure he made another one during the pandemic. Because what else are you gonna do? Sure. And, uh, you know, credit to him for creating art, putting it out in the world. But th- this version, which I was not familiar with, uh, was great. I would the one little nitpick is I wish it was a touch faster. It's a little slow for my taste, but beautiful singing, uh, without question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you you have uh, one more, don't you, Joe? Uh, yeah, I sure do. And this one I feel like is a little bit of a departure for me. Uh, but still, like, it's been around for a while. People know it. Uh, Last Christmas by Wan. Fantastic. Just, just awesome song it's it's been in a ton of christmas movies uh george michaels you know i think maybe you know we a couple of weeks ago we did the overrated underrated he's totally underrated absolutely totally underrated just and and you can hear it in this i mean and i i have no idea what the impetus of them making the song was but like it's a cool song he sings it really well it has that like has again it's it's a little bit melancholy which is okay um and uh you know it's just i i don't know i think it's totally unique i i, I can't say I, I can't think of a lot of other christmas albums that have this sentiment have this like sound to it and um has withstood the test of time you know yeah yeah because i mean you know songs what probably s- 30 35 years old at this point and um yeah and it's really it's really stuck around and kind of become a christmas classic and like the weird thing is is like there's this kind of like internet game going around where you're like um ah man i forget what it's called if you know what it's called let me know but it's basically a game where you like try to avoid this song all all christmas long or or something why i don't understand that at all um yeah, and George Michael, I mean, all you have to do is like listen to, you know, I'm going to go on a little digression mm. because I don't think this episode's going to be terribly long, but <laughs> but if like just listen to like Kissing a Fool mm-hmm. um by George Michael uh sometimes I get confused which ones are his solo stuff, which one which ones is Wham like yeah, but listen to Kissing a Fool or like any of the other like ballads he's recorded over the years. He is a seriously underrated uh, pop singer, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love Last Christmas. I mean, it, it's it's just a great pop it's, song. It, yeah, yeah, I don't sure. know. I don't know. Get that little bit of eighties nostalgia. Uh, it's perfect. So what what else? Because that was my. My my last one. So what else you got for us on this? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Spectacular maybe, yeah. playlist. Maybe I went a little overboard. I don't know. <laughs> um, I wanted to include uh, "This Christmas" mm-hmm. by Gladys Knight and the Pips. Um, I've always had a thing for Gladys Knight's voice. Uh, I think a lot of us have. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think like "Midnight Train to Georgia" is one of the best pop songs ever done yeah, yeah, yeah um and um it's just fun and there's uh great harmonies from the pips uh <laughs> and um yeah and it's just cool it's a it's a little bit upbeat and it's got a great like musical hook yeah, yeah to yeah. it that i like so um yeah so that's why i like that one and um I've got another curveball, and then we, we can kind of, like, discuss this last one together, I think. Okay. okay. Um, so, another song I wanted to include was Ave Maria, mm-hmm. which you hear a lot in church. Mm-hmm. And the artist I chose, this rendition, is by Jewel. Remember her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, So, I don't always like Jewel singing, and I think her choices as far as, like, what she does with her tone sometimes are kind of weird to me Mm -hmm. um but she is very capable of floating out some like beautiful notes in her upper register and her Mm -hmm. in her her head voice 
And the way she does Ave Maria is like super pretty, like lyric soprano kind of yeah. kind of stuff um, that shows like she's clearly had vocal training yeah. kind of thing. And um, I mean, and we keep coming back to this, but it's just like really understated and really pretty and um and i just and i just like it it's kind of like an ethereal sort of version yeah of yeah that song. no so two things one you sent me this list and i was almost certain it was going to be the schubert ave maria which is the one that i think most people are familiar with this is the gounod ave maria mm-hmm so it's a different composer. It's a different arrangement. It's a totally different song. It's just using the same prayer as the lyrics, right? So that was surprising to me because this one is more, I think, it's more difficult to perform. But she does a, a, a really nice, nice job with it. My second comment is that I, you know, I don't know, maybe this is like Mary Did You Know territory <laughs> <laughs> where it's kind of like, is this a Christmas song? I mean, I guess, kind of. It's on a lot of Christmas albums. Um, and But it's not, I, I mean, I don't know. We, we don't need to uh, define a whole genre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, that was something I was like, mm, I, okay, I, I can go with it. Like, I'm not, like, it's not anything. But I, I I don't know the 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 Ave Maria part of it is always I don't know Mary, Mary's a tricky tricky one <laughs> where, where, where to put her in the musical canon I don't know but uh but her version of it was actually surprisingly uh you know because I think Jill's a great artist I didn't think she would be capable of doing this but she did it's it's a good rendition of it for sure yeah and like the weird thing is like when she sings like that like i think that's her best yeah singing and um i can remember back like when you know when my son was little like she she did a whole album of like lullaby stuff where she's singing in that part of her yeah. register and it's um i think her best singing takes takes place when she sings like that yeah, yeah. personal yeah. opinion sure sure um so for our last one mm -hmm. i feel like we can't do the holiday season without talking about new year's eve yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i personally some people hate new year's eve i like new year's eve because i always spend new year's eve with like really good friends and it's like chill and we just like eat you know a dump truck full of food and yeah. uh you know and drink and like all our kids are there and it's mm. it's always it's always a good time so i, I definitely wanted to acknowledge new year's eve um so so i'm like the opposite of you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, Go I'm ahead. Either, where I'm either going to like a fancy like black tie event or I'm at home with my wife. Like there's no in between. Like yeah. I, I don't need to go to the neighborhood New Year's Eve party. I don't need to be out and about. Like if in the years where I have gone out, I'm like back at my house by like 7.30, 8 o'clock. Oh. Where, and then I'm like in for the night. Okay. And I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. But all that aside, yeah. Um, I chose the song "What Do You Do in New Year's Eve," which mm -hmm. again has been done by many an artist. And um, we're gonna and I picked one of your favorites and mine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rufus Wainwright. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, what did you think of this one? Ah, oh, well, it's it's Rufus at his best, right? I mean, he loves this kind of stuff. He and... does. <laughs> he loves to croon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely a crooner. I could see how. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I, I, I don't mind it. Uh, I've gone to many a concert where he's done many an encore. Uh, mm. Not this one in particular, but in a similar sort of vein. And um, But but I, I, I like this version of it. Um, it's kind of fun. It's kind of, you know, swanky. He doesn't take himself too seriously uh, and just kind of has fun with it. it. It's a good way to, like, end the night, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is... I think it's a tad schmaltzy. Sure. But it doesn't cross the line. Uh, to whatever that line, whatever the schmaltz line cool. is. Well, and if you ask him, you'd be like, do you think this is a little over the top? He'd be like, oh yeah, absolutely. But I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, may, that makes, that makes total sense. And um, 
yeah so i mean that's our list uh and we will post a link in in the show notes yes uh yes, sir and uh you know we hope we'll, you'll give it a listen um and we hope you'll you know discuss some of this stuff with us with us on instagram um what you like what you don't like what did we miss what I'm are some sure, songs we I'm should listen sure to sure there's ones that we missed i mean maybe we'll just have to whatever we missed put it please comment at us put it on next year's list because <laughs> yeah for sure and you know and i feel like a lot of times i'm one of those people who you know i think about this stuff a lot i'm always thinking about music and movies and art and all that stuff yeah. is always in my head but then when someone says like oh what's your favorite da 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 I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like canatonic, like I had a stroke <laughs> or something, you know? Um, so it's hard to like remember and like pull that stuff out of your brain. So if you do have suggestions, uh, absolutely let us know. Yeah, we'd love it. Uh, and furthermore, uh, this is our last show of 2021. Mm -hmm. So we've got, uh, you know, almost a full year of Brothers and Song in the books uh since we started in march late march of 2021 mm -hmm. um and uh it's been a lot of fun yeah man. yeah <laughs> i wasn't sure we'd actually get off the ground just because of life yeah but here we are we've done you know 26 27 episodes something like that and uh you know want to thank everybody who listens um this is really just like a labor of love for us it's just for sure fun um and we hope it's fun for you as well uh so thanks everybody uh joe any any final thoughts yeah, just happy holidays enjoy the time with your family and friends uh i mean this has been a, a great you know outlet for me over the past year i know it hasn't been an easy year for anybody uh but uh you know hopefully this has helped distract you from all the other stuff in your life uh in a good way and uh we'll be uh ready to go come january with uh more fun uh insights and deep dives into all things music and uh hope you'll come back and join us then yeah so follow us on instagram to learn what uh what's in store for 2022 uh coming up for our next episode and until then take care everybody and happy holidays Brothers in Song is written and produced by Joseph Collin and Daniel Collin, and edited by Daniel Collin. To keep up with the latest news, follow us on Instagram at Brothers in Song. Until next time, listen to some new music. You just may surprise yourself. <laughs>